The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I am so fired up to be able to teach you today from one of my favorite places in the city. It's a holy place. Uh, this ballpark is a place where Ecclesians, uh, where Houstonians connect. We spend time with friends and with family. And for our church in particular, this has been a really sacred place. Uh, many of you know that from the beginning of the story of our church, we started uh, in large part because I went to be a consultant in Atlanta for a group of churches in Atlanta. They wanted to start a church in Atlanta and they had a lot of funding to start a church. When they offered me the job to be the pastor of that church, they were starting with like a million dollars, which might as well have been a billion dollars to me at 26, 27 years old. My reply was really quick. I just told them, I can't pastor a church in Atlanta. I hate the Braves. And, uh, and it was clear, it was deep in my heart. I do hate the Braves and I love the Astros. And I got home to my hotel that night. I called my wife and said, Lisa, we're starting a church in Houston because I'm an Astros fan. And the truth is, most of you know this, Houston runs deep in my blood. It's a, it's a city I love. And it's easy to pastor in a city when you love the people and you love the city and I love the sports teams. So when we started Ecclesia 19 years ago, the first thing that I did was show up at the ballpark and I started buying the best cheap tickets I could buy. Once they tried to literally, they threatened to arrest me. They thought I was a scalper. I was buying so many tickets, but I was buying tickets because I'd keep them in my back pocket. I'd hang out at places like Cafe Brazil. I'd, I'd spend time where the church started over in Montrose. And when I met a new friend, I'd invite him. Come to the Astros with me. And you likely know that there are not many places left in the world and in your life where you sit down with somebody for three plus hours. Some people complain about it. They think baseball games are getting too long. I'll tell you, um, that's the nature of baseball, right? There's not a clock. And the reality is it may be the last place left on the planet for Americans particularly, people that are constantly moving. We're always on, you have coffee with somebody, I don't know what you give them. You give them 15 minutes, you give them a half hour. Maybe if you're really relational and you're super laid back, you may have coffee with somebody for an hour. But it's rare that you sit down with somebody in a seat right next to them and you spend three hours and you watch a game and the game's slow, but it's beautiful. It's the nature of it. And over the course of those three hours, if you take the opportunity, you can get to know somebody. In fact, we've always believed at Ecclesia, and we'll tell you some of those stories, that over three hours, if God's doing anything in your life, you ought to have something to share. And when you do, what often happens is, like most people in our world, they're living a life that they feel like is meaningless or they feel lost or they don't know, they don't have an anchor that holds them. And as you begin to talk about the fact that you've got a relationship with Jesus and that it reprioritizes everything that you do, that you think through a certain grid about how you make decisions and how you care for family and what's most important. And if you'll do that, we believe people catch on to it. And so from the earliest days of the church, we've been bringing people to the ball game. Our church is a little bigger now. We're not down in Montrose. And so we get a lot more tickets. This year, we're filling up an amazing section. Now, some of you, you got corporate tickets and you're doing great. And 
God bless you, that's great. You can go sit in the Diamond Club if you want. If you have tickets, you're free to invite me from time to time. The food's amazing. You get a great seat. Apparently, you sit down close, you can actually see the curve on the curveball. That's the Diamond Club. Ecclesia's box has a slightly different name. Um, we're up here in right field, and uh, we got a little distance. We're not quite as close. It's pretty amazing, though. Great people. We call our place the Cubic Zirconia Club. We're classing it up, and it's a great spot. And uh, it's more like uh, a diamond you'd buy on QVC. But what I want to tell you is it's not about the, the food, although the hot dogs, the beer, they actually have a pretty decent Malbec at the little wine station. Uh, when the lady has her corkscrew. Sometimes she forgets it. So if you're here, reminder, hey, bring your corkscrew because Pastor Chris really likes the Malbec. You can get food and we have a lot of hospitality, but the main reason you come sit in our section is because when you get to sit with other Ecclesians and the friends that you invite, it's a beautiful, beautiful experience. I can't even tell you how fun it was in the playoffs and the run towards the playoffs last year to sit up here with people and spend time, three hours, getting to know each other. Now, many of you know baseball is such a unique sport. Uh, it's, it's a sport that's known often for nicknames. Uh, many great baseball players are known by their nicknames. Hank Aaron was known as Hammerin' Hank Aaron. Ty Cub the Georgia Peach, we had Jolton Joe DiMaggio, we had Lou the Iron Horse Gehrig. In my generation, one of the great players is just known as the Kid. You know who that is, right? Come on, somebody tell me you know. Ken Griffey Jr., right? It was just the Kid. We had Shoeless Joe Jackson, or of course, Mr. October, Reggie Jackson. We had Stan, fill it in, Stan the Man, Musil. Obviously, the Wizard, Ozzie Smith, and most people honestly don't even know the name of the greatest baseball player of all times, Babe Ruth. He was George Herman Ruth, but nobody knows him as George Herman Ruth because he's just the Babe. And if you talk about the Babe, you know who we're talking about. Our team has got a lot of great players. They get a lot of great nicknames, both on the Astros and our team at Ecclesia. At Ecclesia, we often call the amazing Paul Pelk. He's known around our place as the big unit. Not Randy Johnson, but he's even better. He's got the voice of Vince Gill. I'm telling you, that guy is amazing. Mike Yeager is often known, obviously, as Jaegermeister. There may be a story, I'm not positive. We call uh, our remarkable sister, Elizabeth, El Jefe Puente. She's the boss. And uh, if you ask the staff at Ecclesia, most of them are scared of her. We're learning even cancer is scared of Elizabeth. Keep praying for her. We're really grateful for what God's doing in her life. And obviously, Stephen Hicks is just known as the Curls. That guy, most people think he got a permanent. We're not sure. I think it's natural, but we're taking away. It's 50-50, nobody's really sure. This is what I can tell you. Apparently they call me El Pastor Con Queso, and I take it as an insult. I'm trying to trim down. You know I'm leaving the queso alone. Baseball is a place where people talk to each other. They get to know each other. In fact, this is what I'd tell you, that our time here spent at this ballpark is not about baseball at all. It's about people that we get here so that we can get to know people. My friend Jamie Cherkowski uh, wrote a great book, and this is what he says about the places that we go. And we often need these third places, right? Because you can't just invite yourself into somebody else's home. You need a spot to connect. And this is what Jamie says about relationships. He says, you'll need coffee shops and sunsets and road trips, airplanes and passports, new songs and old songs, but people more than anything else, right? That's what we need. He says, you'll need other people and you'll need to be that other person to someone else. A living, breathing, screaming invitation to believe better things. That's what we believe happens here when we come to the ballpark.
You spend time with people, you get to know them. And the reality is what we hear in scripture very clearly, these Pharisees came to Jesus, they asked him a question. And this is what they said in Matthew 22, verse 36. They said, teacher of all the laws, which commandment is the greatest? This is what they're asking. They're saying, of all the things we could do, what's the most important thing to do? And Jesus replies, as you might expect, he says, love the eternal one, your God, with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Many of you know this. In fact, when I asked what the 10 commandments were uh, a couple months ago, you guys told me the greatest commandment, which is not one of the 10 commandments, but it's really important. Jesus says the most important thing you should do is love the eternal with all your heart, mind, and strength. And then Jesus goes on, he said, the second is nearly as important. And if you're trying to figure out your life and what you should do, you ought to follow Jesus' advice. What's the most important thing to do? What's the second most important thing to do? He said, the second is nearly as important. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. The rest of the law and all the teachings of the prophets are but variations of these themes. This is what he says. You could throw almost everything out. You don't need to, but if you did, if you focused on loving God and loving your neighbor, you'd ultimately get it right. And this is what I wanna suggest to you, Ecclesia. You can't love your neighbor if you don't know your neighbor. If you don't know your neighbor, if you don't know about their life and their heart and what they're thinking and what they're struggling with, and those conversations are really hard to have in the driveway. You don't just have them while you're walking out to get your mail. You don't see somebody and just go, hey, how's the weather? What are you most afraid of, right? You don't do that. It's hard to move from small talk to deep talk. And the reality is, hopefully you have some people at your table. We think that's really important at Ecclesia. But we think that spending time at the ballpark is a perfect place to invite a friend or a neighbor. And over the course of three hours, this one I wanna suggest that you do, we're buying you the tickets. And what I want you to do is buy your neighbor, your friends, your guests, buy them something to drink, buy them something to eat. I get it, hot dogs are expensive at the ballpark, they're like eight bucks or something. The truth is, I don't know why, I wouldn't eat that hot dog at home. At home it would taste disgusting, but here it tastes like a filet mignon, something about being in the ballpark. It magically transforms into something that's really delicious. Buy some food, buy some drinks, offer them to your guests and get to know them. Just ask them open-ended questions, ask them, What's going on in their life? Not, not like yes or no questions, but like real conversational things. And then demonstrate that you're ready to listen. You wanna lean in and know what's actually happening in their heart, in their life, in their family. And I believe if you came to a couple of games together, spend two, three hours getting to know some people, you're gonna find you're really close, that you really like each other. It helps when we get a win, but it's fun either way. And we're getting a lot of wins these days. So I could see it. As you do that, I wanna just give you a few things that I believe that makes baseball so unique. Some things I really love about it. One is that it happens, it starts in the spring. It's, it's not by accident, right? That, um, that when we kick off a new season, flowers are blooming. There's this sense, even when we haven't just won the World Series, right? we all start in first place and there's something about spring and hope abounds, right? And I'm telling you this year, hope really abounds. I don't know if you've looked at our team. I don't know if you're familiar with our pitching staff, but we got a whole list of number one pitchers. I mean, it doesn't matter what game you come to, um, you could see a no-hitter this year. It's gonna be unbelievable. Something about starting in spring just says, hey, there's new life, there's new chance, there's redemption, there's new opportunities, and baseball is all about hope. 
The other thing I love about baseball is that in this place, time is suspended, right? I'm an NBA fan too. I love going to Texans games. Um, I love all of it, but something about baseball, you come here, there's no clock. Nobody's operating on a clock. And it may be one of the only places in your life that you come. And sometimes they take some time, right? Pitchers will stare people down. Hitters will step out of the box. They can take their time. And baseball games sometimes are getting longer, but the reality is there's something about it. It's very divine to be off the clock, for time to be suspended, and just to be present with other people. The other thing I love about this sport, and it's different than other sports, is that it's really not just about your size. Some people, you look at them genetically and you just go, you're gonna be a basketball player, right? I mean, if you believe the Bible, if you're all for, if you get lit up by the David and Goliath story, this tiny little guy can defeat the big giant, then you should be an Astros fan because Jose Altuve is King David. I'm telling you, this small guy from Venezuela who goes to his tryout and they literally tell him like first day, don't come back, you're done. You're too small, can't play this game. And Jose Altuve wouldn't take it. His dad told him, go back again, push again. Last year, MVP, best player in the league, hands down. Much better than that massive strikeout machine the Yankees have, right? Look at this guy, he's huge. Jose Altuve's small, I'll take Altuve any day. When it comes to baseball, I can also tell you, I love the fact that it's a game of inches. It's a lot like life, right? Some things happen and, um, and you don't know why. It breaks one way, it breaks another way. Life can be hard that way up here. Um, when you're watching a ball game, sometimes you literally go like, this was so close to being a foul ball and yet it was a grand slam, right? These small minute, just these inches make so much difference. And it, it's so much like life. I love the fact that it's situational. And last year was the perfect example of it. Baseball is all about um, opportunities, right? When you got runners on base, you don't wanna leave them on base. You've got an opportunity and our team is really great. At, in fact, the greatest opportunity of situational baseball came up when our city was hurting. And the pressure's on, right? When you got runners at second and third, the pressure's on. You gotta find a way to hit. And when your city gets devastated by a storm and you know like what the city wants more than anything is to turn this thing around. It's such, ultimately, it's so situational and our team rises to the occasion. It's so fun to see, you gotta get up here. So Ecclesia, this is what I wanna ask you to do this year. I got two things. One is that we've gotta remember, not only do we have so many, we got so many great players, I can't even describe them all, right? I go through our pitching staff and I just get so excited. Um, you gotta pray for a lot of Springer dingers this year. I mean, that guy, he started off opening day, just killing it last year. It's so fun to watch. But I think I'm especially fond of, uh, of our shortstop. I literally, it's like God made him in a baseball laboratory. I mean, this guy can play the field, he can hit, he's fast, he's got great instincts. And we've gotta be grateful to the island of Puerto Rico for providing us one of the greatest players, I think maybe ever in the game. I think, you don't wanna say it too early, but this guy, he could definitely be a Hall of Famer. So Ecclesia, this year what we're going to do to celebrate our relationships and our friendships with the churches in Puerto Rico and a great player in Carlos Correa, what I'd like to ask you to do is to make a pledge with me. Lisa and I are gonna chip in, we'd love for you to chip in. And for every home run that Carlos Correa hits this year, he hit 24 last year, I'm hoping for quite a few more. He hit 24, maybe you'd pledge, at least if everybody at the church would say, I'll give a dollar for the home run. You got a pledge card there in front of you? And you got an opportunity just to put, we want your email address and you say, hey, I'm in for a buck, I'm in for five bucks, I'm in for a hundred bucks, 
some of our folks in the west side, I know where you live, you can do 100 bucks a home run. I promise you, you can. It'll be worth it. Some of you can do 1,000 bucks a home run. All the money's gonna go to Puerto Rico. And what we know is in Puerto Rico, we've got church partners that have energy, they have passion, they have determination. What they don't have are the resources they need to help that island get back on its feet. And we wanna provide jobs. We got churches that have people that are just wiped out and they're missing the very basics, like just having window screens that keep mosquitoes out. They don't have air conditioning. And mosquitoes are coming in and eating up their kids at night, which creates all kinds of health issues. And we're gonna employ people to build window screens. And we wanna help people rebuild their homes and put roofs back on and all those kind of things. So think about it. What's your number? What are you in for? All year, we're gonna track it. I'm gonna to come to the Astros Foundation, some other foundations. I'm gonna ask them to match what Ecclesia does. And who knows, if he hits a lot of home runs, we could do a lot of good for Puerto Rico. Secondly, this is what I really want you to do. As you put your email address down on that card, you're just saying, I'm gonna pledge to be a part of what Ecclesia does at the ballpark. I'm gonna bring my friends, my coworkers, my neighbors. And it's gonna give you information where it'll put you into our system so we can update you on what's going on. And you can bring your friends to the ball game. We're gonna provide the tickets. We're gonna sit together and we're gonna have a blast. That's how you can be involved. I wanna ask our dear brother, Manuel Sanchez, to come and lead us to communion. I love Manuel. Don't tell the rest of the staff at Ecclesia, I love all of them, but Manuel might be my favorite. The way that God has gotten a hold of Manuel's life and the way that he serves is so beautiful. In the early years of Ecclesia, Manuel was one of the friends that I got to invite to the ballpark. In fact, I got to know Manuel very well in these seats in those years. In those times, Manuel was living on the streets. He was struggling with some addictions. And since then, God has gotten a hold of his life and he serves beautifully in our church. He leads a group of people on Monday and they come up to the church and they grill some hot dogs and they get ready to come up to the game and bring a lot of our friends that live on the streets, brothers and sisters that are in need that you can get to know and you should join Manuel in that. We've got more seats than ever this year. So we're gonna fill them and we're gonna share in it together. And I know that as Manuel shares his heart with you, you're gonna be blessed and he's gonna lead us now towards communion. So Ecclesia, welcome our dear brother, Manuel Sanchez. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. And thank you for, um, for such a, this is like my fifth, fifth, sixth time? Sixth time doing it for the last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, just appreciate um, everybody's just warm response and, and just allowing me to uh, tell my story and to, and to receiving it well. Um, thank you. I'm, my name is Manuel, and I'm a person in long-term recovery. Um, I've been sober now for over 11 years. January has been 11 years. And, uh, and I've been on staff at Ecclesia for 10 of those years. Um, and um, I'm just grateful. Um, I couldn't have done it without the love of God and without the love of this community. Um, it's, it's allowed me to grow into um, a father that I've always wanted to be and just um, to help others and, and to um, grow into a, closer to the man of God that I know that uh, my father, Lord in heaven, want, wanted me to be. Um, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that Chris had um, the, those two scriptures um, as part of the opening um, for, for, for me coming up here and sharing my story. Um, because um, loving God, 
um, to love God and to love others um, was, is, was a part of my story. Um, the Lord, when he came to me, um, just washed me over with love. And, um, and also, um, I'd like to add a third scripture to that, if I, if I might. It's, it's, um, and it it's informs what we do downtown when, during the homeless ministry. Um, it is um, loving, loving others as, um, as, as I've been loved, as we've been loved. Um, and that comes from John 13. And John 13, 34, so I give you a new command. Love each other deeply and fully. Remember, that, remember the ways that I have loved you and demonstrate your love to others in those same ways. And um, like I mentioned, that's, that's the way that um, I like to leave downtown. Um, and because I, I, I can't love others on my own. It has to be from the way that God has loved me and, and, from, the, and from the way that, that Ecclesia has loved me. Uh, the people of God have loved me. Um, so those, those three scriptures, I hope you can seem weaved in and out of the story that I have to, have to tell. Um, when I did come to Ecclesia, I was living on the street and uh, I was addicted. Um, actually, I was living at the, at the Manil, um, at the Rothko Chapel um, here near the Broken Obelisk, but actually I was um, sleeping on uh, that park bench right there. And um, I'll, I'll get back to that park bench, but that, uh, that park bench is one of the sacred space for me. Um, um, it's, it's a transformational space for me. Um, and it's funny that when, when I came to Ecclesia, um, I didn't know it to be a church. I knew it to be uh, a coffee shop. I lived in Montrose at the time, uh, and I was riding my bike from downtown where I caught the bus to work every, every morning. And uh, I was riding my bike back to Montrose and just happened to notice uh, somebody going into the back, uh, what I now know to be the back of a building, um, um, into um, what was the coffee shop. And I decided to take a chance and follow that person in because it looked like a public space. Um, I was riding my bike, it was hot, and I was hoping to catch some AC inside, uh, no matter what it was. Um, I'd seen that on the, when, when the person opened up the door, I can see the crash bar, so I knew it was a public space. So followed them inside, and, uh, and lo and behold, it was a coffee shop, uh, and a bookstore, and an art gallery. And, um, and all those things which just resonated with me, um, uh, especially the art gallery. Um, and, and that will come later on to why that was so important to me. Um, but what really called out to me was when I went to go order um, some iced tea from the big gentleman that was behind uh, the bar, um, he, uh, he gave it to me for free. Um, and that, um, that really, if you know anything about me, anything that's free is really a reason for me to come back and to be rejoiced. I love it. I think everything should be free. Um, we won't go there though, but um, so um, he had offered me a free iced tea, apricot iced tea, and uh, told me I can go over there and help myself and that, uh, and, uh, and didn't want my money. So little did he know that I'd be back the next day and uh, it, was still, it was still free. So I became really good friends with him, really come to love the space um, and really come to, to, to know that as the place um, of hospitality 
and of kindness and of uh, and just a place where things were shared. Um, so that was before I knew it to be Ecclesia, the church. Um, how I came to know it to be um, the church and to, to come into um, those walls as a child of God um, is a whole nother story. I was um, coming down um, coming downtown um, once again riding coming home from from work and uh, uh, I had been a year sober at that time um, and I was in a bad relationship and I knew I needed to get out of that relationship. It was just so painful to be in that relationship. Um, but at the time, I didn't know how to get out of a relationship that was bad like that. Um, so all I knew to do what I knew what to do, and that was blow up the relationship, right? I could either blow it up or just get up and walk away, and I didn't have the strength just to get up and walk away. Um, so my... My thinking, my, we call it in the program now, stinking thinking, but it was a good plan to me at the time, was to start drinking again, and that's a sure way to end that relationship. That's how painful it was. Um, so I started to start, I was going to go ahead and drink. It, wasn't gonna, it was only going to be a little drink, right? It was only just going to be one drink, and then she would um, end up kicking me out, and, um, and that would be the end of that relationship. Um, so I decided to go ahead, prepared what I had to do, went to the liquor store, got what I needed to do, Right before I decided to take that drink, um, I knew that um, it really could be a point of no return. Um, my history had been of alcoholism, had been, um, I knew that it was, it was just gonna be bad. It was just gonna end up bad. So I'm just like, Lord, I don't know what rehab I'm gonna end up in next, um, but I need you, please. I, just help me. I don't know what to do next. I don't know where I'm gonna go or what's gonna happen. Um, but I need you. And right then he showed up. He showed up and he said, be still, know that I am God and I will take care of you. And, um, and as soon as I agreed, as soon as I was, yes, as soon as I said yes to him and I knew that's what I had to do, um, it felt like a cork had popped out of my toe. And all the worries and fears of my, not just of that particular moment, but of my whole entire life had went ahead and started gushing out my toe. It felt like it was gushing out, just like a fire hose, just streaming out. And what happened was, and if you remember those old cartoons where it looked like something was emptying out of a person, that um, as I was, everything was leaving out of my toe, what was being replaced was peace. And then um, I, I knew it was the Lord. I knew it was God, and I knew that I had to do. Um, so I went over, ended that relationship, um, ended up picking up my things out of the neighbor's yard. That's a whole different story. Got all those things together. <laughs> took them over to my buddy's house. Uh, told him, you know, I, we broke up, and then he smelt the alcohol in my breath, and then told me, well, you can't stay here. I stayed with him before, and he goes, you've been drinking, you can't stay here. I love you, but you can't stay here. Um, but you can store your things here. Here's the key um, to the house, to the, to the house. Keep it in, we kept it in the carport, and you can come in, take a shower, and do whatever you need to do anytime you want, but you can't stay here. That was his way of loving me, right? And it, it was, turned out to be the best thing. So as I left his place, didn't know where to go, didn't know what to do. 
got on my bike and just started riding around. And I ended up at the Manil um, at that park bench. Um, didn't know it at the time, but um, that's where the Lord wanted me. Until, and, and I saw that park bench, it immediately struck me. That's where he wants me to be. Um, so that's where I slept uh, probably about three or four months. Even though I had a full-time job, could have went and found a place to live, could have found some roommates. I knew that's where he wanted me. And that's where I sat. He taught me about prayer, taught me about himself, and he taught me the importance of beauty and of, um, of uh, co-creating with him a new life. Um, so I sat on that park bench for, for a while. Um, it was the worst time of my life, but the best part of my life, if you know what I mean. Um, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. So there I am, drinking on that park bench one Sunday afternoon. Didn't have anything else better to do. Um, liquor stores were closed, it was Sunday. Um, so decided to go to the only place I knew, you know, free apricot iced tea was calling to me. So decided to get in on my bike and head over to um, the coffee shop, Taft Street Coffee. And, uh, and what pulled me in, even though I was going there for the free iced tea, um, what actually got my attention was the sign on the fence that said Love Feast. And as it turned out, it was um, a bunch of guys in the church. I didn't know it at the time. It was just a bunch of guys were um, sitting down eating together. And it's something that I guess they did for, uh, for that afternoon. I don't know how long they've been doing it before. I don't, I don't think they did too much long after that. But it just happened to be Love Feast on the sign on the fence. And that called me in too. Me, my, my parents, hippie background, grew up in California. Um, free things and love feasts were uh, top of the list for me. So I went in uh, the courtyard, and they just offered me a plate full of uh, food. And uh, it wasn't quite the organized menu as, uh, as, 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 as we have now over at Paperco. Um, it was some Kentucky Fried Chicken, some Cheetos and Doritos and some cookies and just various odds and ends things. But that wasn't the important thing, right? The, it, it was good to have that. But what was really pulling me in was the conversation, was the invitation, the welcoming in and of listening and hearing um, um, where I was doing, what I was, what I was about, what was going on in my life. And we had some great conversation. Um, and uh, the only thing that really ended that conversation was that um, within the coffee shop, or not the coffee shop, but the venue, what I knew as the venue, um, I can hear music starting. And it was just that, that thump of the bass drum that you can hear the thumping and thumping. And, uh, and then they all popped up, grabbed their stuff, grabbed the food, whatever, took it into the kitchen, cleaned up, um, was helping them put it all away and get it all uh, cleaned up. And, um, and as I was getting ready to go, uh, one of the gentlemen there um, turned to me and uh, asked if I wanted to go to church. And I wasn't interested in going into a, a, a loud concert. Um, I was trying to avoid people at that time. Um, but when he said, go to church, I was all for that. The Lord had been working on me on my bench. He had been with me the whole time in Montrose. Um, and so I said, yes, let's go. And so as I turned to, where, to go where I thought his car was, um, he turned and went the opposite way into the coffee shop. 
And I thought he was parked in our little parking lot in the back. Um, but as it turned out, he was going to church, and it was inside uh, the building right there at Taft. And as I went in, um, great music. We've always had great music. I can say we've always had great music because Ecclesia is now a we thing, right? It's no longer the church or them. It's, it's we've always had great music. And then the sermon at the time was on Romans. They were going through Romans. And we've always had great teaching. Chris has always pulled in great teachers. And it just called to me. Everything that was being, coming from the front was resonating with my heart, was, was resonating with deep within me. It was, it was just pulling on my, it was just, just so true to what was going on in my soul at that time that I just stuck around. And it's, it's been 10 years. Um, actually, more than that, it was 2006. So it's been probably 12 years uh, since, since I've actually been part of this community. And as it turned out, that was just the first step, right? That was just the first, um, um, just I would say, look, just the first layer of, of what it, um, how God was working on me through this community. Um, started going to the small group even though I was living on the street. Started um, going to um, um, the men's group that was meeting in the children's area. Um, started being a part of projects that were there at the coffee shop and just being a part of that community, getting to know people. And um, even though I'm sure they cared that I was homeless and they cared that I was drinking, um, it didn't stop them from welcoming me in. It didn't stop them um, from from not allowing me to get involved in certain things. They even ran PowerPoint at one time. Um, I'm glad they didn't have a breathalyzer test before they did the PowerPoint over there. Um, but that, that, was, that was pulling me in um, because they loved and cared for me, right? And um, so when one of the things that we did was went to the, co- uh, went to the ballpark. Um, we went to the game. They invited me to the game. And once again, free things. Couldn't turn it down. I've got to go in for free. Um, but most importantly, it was, I think, now away from the building, right? It, was, it wasn't at Taft Street. And, um, we met at, at a, turned out, a longtime friend now at his um, townhouse that was close to the ballpark. We went there. We ate uh, some pizza together. Um, we had a, some good conversation. And then we walked over together to the ballpark and enjoyed the game together and um, really got to know each other there. Um, and, uh, and lo and behold, they invited me back, which was another big step for, for someone um, to be invited back, knowing that I was homeless and drinking at the time. So, so I pray that, um, that you get to experience not only God's love um, as I got to experience it, I mean, um, but also that you um, get to um, have a chance to, to, to love um, your neighbor because um, it's, it's, it can be transformational and you never know what's going to happen when you invite somebody in and you get to love on them um, and all those things were taught to me on my park bench about uh, loving God and then loving people and then loving others as, as I have been loved and getting to know and love God. Well, get to knowing God is, is to love God. So I hope that...
So I hope you get the chance to go to the ballpark and, um, and, and love someone there, because that, 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 that's what makes that space sacred, right? That's when God is moving through, through um, that space, is when we're loving and caring for each other, and Correa hits some home runs. You did a great job. So, Ecclesi, you may um, sense it as well. We have a lot of great staff, but it's hard. Um, it's hard not to tell people Manuel's my favorite. Um, because I've seen what God's done in his life and in his story. And, um, and I have that sense, right? Every time I, I pass somebody that's struggling and maybe living on a park bench or under a freeway, um, I have the sense that maybe they could end up being a... Manuel's a pastor. He pastors people in our church. He's been a really faithful pastor for about a decade. And uh, my encouragement to you today is that we got a lot of brothers and sisters that are really similar to Manuel. And if you just took some time and shared what God's doing in your life and got to know them, um, God might do something similar in their life and journey. I'm curious today if there's anybody here who's like, you know, my big problem is that I know my coworkers and my neighbors way too well. I really know them too well. I spend too much time getting anybody here that's like, I know my neighbors way too well. Right. My guess is most of us, we get caught up in our own rhythms and our own stories. And our invitation at Ecclesia, again, this is not what churches typically do. It's just how we started and it's what we've always done. And our take is just like, there's somebody you ought to sit with for three hours. So I got um, three things I want to invite you to do. One, I want you to look at your schedule, and on Monday nights, um, Manuel gathers at 1100 Elder at 4.30, and brothers and sisters that live on the street know that's a time they can come, and we grill hot, hot dogs and hamburgers, uh, we eat together, and then we make our way over to the ballpark. You'd end up spending about four and a half, five hours with some brothers and sisters, often that live on the streets, and you'd get to know them. And... Um, my guess is it will be more transformational for you than even what it is for them. So I don't know how busy you are, what's going on. I want to ask you, before the season's up, to take a Monday night and join Manuel and what he does at the ballpark. Then I want to ask you to look at your friends and neighbors and just say, God, who should I take to the ballpark? This is what we do. We buy you the tickets. They're already paid for. Tickets are done. We got 64 of them this year. I'm telling you, it is a blast when you're there. And you can just go to our website. Um, there is a website. I don't remember what it is. That one right there. It's kind of easy to remember. I should remember what it is. It's ecclesiahouston.org slash Astros. And uh, we release the tickets about three, four weeks in advance. You just pick your seats. This is what you want. This is who you're bringing. And my only thing is, like, Jesus ought to come up at some point, right? Because if God's doing anything in your life and you got three hours with people, Jesus ought to come up at some point. And we just want you to take people and spend time at the ballpark. And we believe, like Manuel, uh, we're going to see God bless a lot of people. You're going to get to know your neighbors and friends, and they'll go to the ballpark with you often before they'll come to the church building with you. Then lastly, we got a chance to do something really uh, amazing. Uh, at the end of last week, we were over $3,000 pledged by Ecclesians uh, for every Carlos Correa home run. Last year, he hit 24. Um, the sermon on video has already circulated within the Astros. Reed Ryan sent me a, a message this week that he and his family were going to chip in and make a pledge for home run. And uh, we've got a meeting set up with the Astros Foundation. Just so you know, my 
push to them is to match whatever we do. So we're at 3,000 3, right now. My hope is, honestly, this weekend that we double it, that we get it over 6,000, uh, that then we get the Astros to do about 6,000. We're going to ask Carlos Correa to do some. We're going to talk to some other Puerto Rican baseball players. This is what I can tell you. What's going on in Puerto Rico is that we have faithful churches that need resources. And um, we've still got a lot of need in Houston, but we've had an abundance of resources compared to what our brothers and sisters there are going through. And we think it also make watching every game a little bit more fun. I'm rooting for Carlos big time every time he's at the plate because uh, I know the pastors and the churches that need help. So when you come to communion, if you're already ready and know what God would have you to do, I already picked on you on the west side to say, I'm kind of counting on you guys. Um, that you drop that in the baskets. We're gonna have them right here as we come to communion. So would you join with me? We're gonna pray over communion. I wanna pray over you. God, I thank you that we live in a great city and that we live in a city where we have a chance to get to know people. We get to share life with people. And today, Lord, we ask you to bless this bread. We pray that we would be physically reminded of your story as we come, that we'd be reminded that you walked with brothers and sisters who you discipled, who you taught, who betrayed you, who didn't always get it right, and we look around the room and we're like, we're in the room with a lot of people that love you but don't always get it right. But Lord, we're grateful that you lean in towards us in the midst of that and that you offer words of hope and encouragement and love. We thank you for Manuel's story and for so many others in our midst that have gathered here in this place. We ask you, God, that you would continue to renew in us the work that you've started, that you'd remind us, Lord, that wherever we're at now, Lord, that you want to get a hold of our life and story, and you want us to be the person, the man, the woman that you made us to be. Whether we're 15 or whether we're 75, you're still doing a work in us, and Lord, we believe that it's faithful and true. We ask you today to bless this wine and juice, that it would be a symbol and a reminder to us of your love and grace and forgiveness. We pray all of this together, and we pray it in your name. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask some of our volunteers to come forward now. They're going to take their place at a number of stations and prepare to serve you. And as they come, will you join with me in praying this prayer of confession? I'll lead you as the celebrant and invite you to pray with me as the people. In you, O oh Lord, we are raised to walk in new life, but still we are prone to wander from your path. Our eyes remain clouded by the things of this world, even as your new creation is breaking through. Our self-interest turns us inward. We are slow to empathy and compassion. Forgive us, Lord. Grant us hearts that break with yours. Make us instruments of your love for all people together. Help us to leave these things at the foot of the cross. Help us rise a forgiven people. Grant us grace for this day that we would place our hope in you once more. Amen. If you're a guest with us today, we want you to know that you're welcome at this table. This is a place for all who follow Jesus, even if you're brand new to following Jesus. We take simply by intinction. You can just tear off a piece of bread and dip it in the cup. You'll find the bread and the juice and the wine will be on the outside. As Matt and the band lead us in worship, I invite you to come to this table and celebrate the love of Christ with us. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, 
please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.